when, when you don't have a lot of self-love or self-esteem, you kind of just don't care. You know, you look for quick ways to fix that with, you know, food or alcohol or drugs. And I, I, I know that that's what happened to me. I had very little self-esteem, very little self-confidence, if any at all. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it will happen. Others make it happen. And this is by Michael Jordan. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Podcast with Sheila. With me today is life transformation coach, Jimmy Ronick. Jimmy has gone from being obese to beast. He is here to share with us his journey of 15 years with all the challenges and benefits that come with it. Before we get right into it, please hit on the subscribe button and the notification bell to receive all the notifications when a new episode is released. Hello, Jimmy, and welcome to Podcast. Hello. Well, thank you, Sheila. I'm, I'm really great, grateful to be here. Wow, it's a delight to have you. Do you have a favorite quote you'd like to share with us today? I do have a favorite quote, but it's by two people. It's by Mark Twain and it's by myself. I added to Mark Twain. There's a quote by Mark Twain I'm sure you're familiar with. The yeah. two most important days in a man's life are the day he was born and the day he figures out why. But I think there's a third part to that that's equally as important, and that's the day that man decides to take control of his life. Great. So that's my favorite quote. Great, 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 great. Tell us a little bit about you, just a little background story before we set the ball rolling. Sure, sure. Um, well, I, I don't want to go into it too deeply, but I came from kind of an unpleasant childhood. Um, I had a father who was an alcoholic, uh, wasn't always the nicest guy. You know, like I say, that's kind of where I want to leave that. But um, I think like we learn a lot of things in life. Exactly. We learn a lot of in things intentionally. And unfortunately, we learn a lot of things unintentionally by what we're told as ch children or what we pick up from you know, negative sources. Mm. And I think just living within a, with a father who was, um, let's just say not a very nice guy. I picked up a lot of issues with my self-confidence, my self-esteem, um, which led me down the road to where I was when I was hospitalized. But, you know, it's a long journey to get there. When, when you don't have a lot of self-love or self-esteem, you kind of just don't care. You know, you look for quick, ways to fix that with you know food or alcohol or drugs and I, I I know that that's what happened to me I had very little self-esteem very little self-confidence if any at all that's kind of my whole thing with my coaching clients is I can teach them how to change their habits by building more confidence more self-esteem it's not really about let's get you to lose weight it's more about let's Let's teach you how to love yourself, how to build up more confidence. Yeah. Before we get there, I want to start from the top. So how was your childhood like? If you care to give us a little bit of light on that so that we can follow the story up to where it is now, if you don't mind. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll give you a little glimpse into it. I had yeah. a father who was an uh, alcoholic police officer. Oh. Um, it was kind of a bad situation. I was, I was just discussing this with my wife this morning. When you have to tie your your emotions and your feelings to not 
to somebody else and not knowing how that person's going to be. Like I would remember coming home from school and not knowing which dad was going to be there. You know what I mean? Was he going to be the angry, abusive, drunken father, the happy drunk dad that give me five bucks out of his wallet or would I just, you know, end up having a really bad day, you know? So that, that's a tough way to grow up. I mean, my father did crazy things like argue with my mom and fire guns off in the house in the middle of the night. You know, there was a lot of, basically abusive things that happen in my home. So, yeah, it's, I actually thank God for those things though, because it, it put me where I am today. Like I understand a lot things a lot better Yeah. because I dealt with things that people can only, well, I don't think they dream of. I think they have night would have nightmares about it, but like I've, I've dealt with things that are just crazy people, especially when you have an abusive parent, a parent is a trusted figure. When when you can't trust a parent, it kind of just throws the whole thing out the window. Exactly. I think that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think over the over the well, I say over the month or couple of months, we've talked about this particular issue on this podcast a number of times, where parents have not been there hundred percent in quotes for their children, and it looks like it's been. It's been it's had an effect, an adverse effect on the children. And most of the time, Absolutely. yeah, most of the time we as parents, I, I don't know if we tend to overlook it or the, the things we go through ourselves make us overlook it, that the things we do tend to affect our children. And I think we've emphasized it too many times on this podcast that we have to take a look at it as children, as sorry, as, as parents, because it's right. definitely having a, an adverse effect on the children, which has to actually be looked at. And I hope that this message has been sent down very well. I just pray that it's been sent down very well because you've mentioned it too many times and I'm glad we are emphasizing on that today um, for our listeners to uh, know, yeah. I would like to just give an example of something I seen just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I live down in Florida. Um, we have a lot of water, a lot of beach here. Okay. And I was walking with my wife around sunset time we kind of do that we'll we'll enjoy a sunset from time to time and i get a little emotional about this yeah um you want i seen a father i seen a father playing football with his son and i said to my wife i said you know that guy probably doesn't realize what he's doing he's making such an impact yeah yeah it's so it's so important you know when we think about uh the exchanges we have with our children or even young ones if they're not our children yeah yeah because their minds are like clay they're so moldable and 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 you know when you have somebody that's a bad example yeah you're putting an imprint on that mind that's going to last maybe forever exactly exactly Exactly. I think, you know, I, my auntie always says that it's so easy to please children because it's just the right, little right. things you do. You don't have to do much. Because I remember one, yeah. one time my daughter, I think when she was four years old, and I asked her, what do you want for a Christmas present? What did she say? Something very, something very flimsy, you know, that you would not expect somebody to say, this is what I want for a birthday and for a Christmas present. I think she had asked asked for a book or a pen. I can't remember, but I remember it wasn't too expensive. 
And, yes. And she had done it too many times. We went to the shop once and then the lady asked, oh, so Christmas is just around the corner. What do you want for a Christmas present? And she said something very simple. It's very flimsy like that, like a pencil. And the, the lady at the till said, oh, mom, then you don't have any problem at all because she's not too expensive. So you realize that is some the little things is what pleases the children. It doesn't take too much effort if we have to look at it really as parents. So it shouldn't be too difficult for us to do, whether we are no. having a bad day or not. And on the other hand, though, on the flip side of that coin is it doesn't take very much to emotionally scar a child either. Yeah. You know, parents usually, I've, I've heard parents say, what are you, stupid? Or shut up, or you can't do that. Or, you know, and those are horrible things to say to your child. You really have to watch the dialogue with the child. Exactly. Exactly. You know, that makes such an impression. And I think people in general get caught up, parents in general, not like an abusive parent, like what I dealt with, but I think parents in general don't take the time because they're so busy living the life and, you know, sometimes a child tugging on your pant leg is, come on, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm doing this, I'm doing this for work. And, and you, you tend to shuck them off. And that's human nature. But you got to remember those little ones are our future. They're the ones that are you're you're, you're responsible for programming that that child's mind to make them a successful individual. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, these are very important uh points we've raised over here and i just pray that anybody who watches this at least let's try and get it right you know we may have, right. we have, we have done it um for a long time not knowing it was actually affecting the children but now that we are raising these up creating the awareness of it at least we get to know that the things we do everything we say in a day goes to either build the child up or break the child down in a way that's exactly uh, yeah at least we have and to we're human it. we're going to make mistakes but you know yeah. it, the thing is to, to realize the mistakes that we make and try to rectify them the next time around i mean nobody's perfect we can't be perfect yeah but you know if we're just aware self-awareness of what you're saying or, or how you're interacting with your children that can go a long way sheila a that's long true. way so true so true well, thank you very much for sharing with us uh, your story from childhood. Let's get right into the story of the day. So how how did you become obese? Well, like I said, not a lot of self-confidence, not a lot of things that made me happy in life. Um, obviously, I had some issues with depression and things like that. Uh, just kind of gratification in the moment. You know, you, you felt bad, you ate. You felt excited, you ate. You felt happy, you ate. You know, you just. Yeah. And I had a, I had a grandmother, a great grandmother rather, that would take me to her house from time to time. And her way of like soothing was yeah. offering something to eat. Well, then you kind of. There's another example of how a child can be inadvertently taught the wrong thing. Yeah. You know, I would be upset. My grandmother would say, "I'll make you some eggs, or I'll make you some a hamburger." Yeah. You know, and so that yeah. was a soothing thing. Yeah. So it kind of taught me from a young age, that's, that's how you soothe yourself. And with the low self-esteem and everything else I had going on, it wasn't hard. You know, I mean, yeah. I had an enormous appetite and it mostly was just due to emotional issues. Yeah. Wow. It says that you were third, is it stage three morbid obesity? So it stage took three, yeah, stage three morbid obesity. Um, I was hospitalized if we go back a little bit before I was hospitalized, um, I have a couple of little interesting stories. Yeah. So 
my legs had ballooned up to about five times what they should have been over a period of a few weeks. And, you know, as a guy, I was kind of always taught as a child by my grandparents and my uncles, man up, you know, walk it off. So I just thought like, I would tell myself, I must've got bit by a spider or, you know, something, I have an allergic reaction, but at the same time, I couldn't breathe. I can remember taking my daughter um, to school every morning and my daughter would like me to walk her to her classroom. And this was, I don't know, 25, 30 yards, maybe, maybe 50. Mm. And I would walk her to the classroom. By the time I'd get there, I felt like I was going to pass out. I couldn't breathe. My heart was beating really fast in my chest. And I had this little trick I would use. I would, she would drop her off, give her a hug, kiss, say, you know, I'll see you later. And the office was right across the street for, or right across the hall rather from her classroom. classroom. And they had the bulletin board that would show the activities coming up. And I would stand there for probably five minutes pretending to read that bulletin board. Oh. And then I would struggle my way back to my car. I'd collapse in the seat and I would gasp so I could get enough breath to drive home. This went on for about three weeks. And uh, the school had sent a note home. They, they were taking the kids to the zoo at the Columbus Zoo in Columbus, Ohio. And my daughter's like, dad, you got to go. You got to go. Well, I was already kind of uh, thinking, how am I going to do that? I can't breathe. I can't walk any distance and I can't breathe. So I I decided I was going to try to take some um, cold medicine and some of the blue halls cough drops, the really strong ones. And I had convinced myself if I did this, I'd be able to breathe and walk through the zoo and everything would be fine. Well, we got to the zoo. It was like 87 degrees that day and the humidity was probably 90%. And by the time I got through the gate, I couldn't breathe. My heart was beating so fast in my chest. I felt it was going to pop out. Yeah, we never saw any animals at the zoo that day. I went to the hospital instead. So I had, uh, I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure that was brought on by pulmonary edema, um, which is my lungs were going up with fluid. And well, that's what was happening in my legs. My legs were five times their normal size because my heart couldn't circulate anymore, yeah. especially down to my lower extremities. So basically I was drowning in my body. Yeah. yeah. It was a pretty scary time, you know. It was Can you imagine? Pretty rough, yeah. So they, they kept me in the hospital for about a week, which was great because I didn't have any health coverage, you know. So, and it also kind of, to me, told me how sick I really was. You know, the doctors actually told me that had I waited, I probably would have died. And they weren't even too sure I wasn't going to die at that point because of the condition I was in. So, you know, that was that was back then. It was a pretty scary time when they uh, they let me out of the hospital. I uh, I was I was sent home with oxygen. I was supposed to keep on 24 seven oh. heart pills, uh, water retention pills to get water off my body. Uh, you know, I'd lost like 50 pounds in the first seven days, just in water retention, because that's how much water I was holding. Wow. So yeah, it was, it was a really scary, scary time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, (laughs) that was 15 years ago. I mean, it took me probably about five years to come to the point where I realized something had to be seriously done. Like rather than just go on a diet or try to listen to the doctor because I really wasn't doing such a good job at that because there's another quote you'd asked me about quotes in the beginning and this quote I hold true to this day and I tell all my coaching clients this you cannot fix a problem with the same mind that created the problem oh wow 
that's why Albert Einstein said that. And that's the truth. Like my, my whole life had been spent creating that 420 pound obese man that was in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to create anything else. I didn't have the, the tools and the capacity to get the self-confidence and self-trust that I needed to pull myself out of that, you know, um, until the one day this, this happened to me, I was on my couch watching television. Cause that's pretty much all I could do. You know, I was on an oxygen tank and, uh, and I was taking all this medications and, and, you know, truth be told, I could walk a little bit, but it was still really difficult. You know, I was a very large man and I, I had a lot of issues with my lungs and I was watching a program. Um, it was like one of the good morning America shows, or I don't know, one of the shows that's on in the morning, they all kind of blended together at that point. Cause that was my life, the couch and my oxygen tank. Yeah. And I saw this guy and this guy was really big guy, really talking with his hands and very loud and very animated and very matter of fact you know he was saying a lot of things that I think I'd heard before but never in such a way okay and I started to believe everything this guy said this was like amazing to me and it turned out it was Tony Robbins I'm sure you know Tony Robbins yeah motivational speaker isn't it yeah yeah he's an amazing motivational speaker yeah so that day I kind of thought well you know what he said made sense to me and I really couldn't do a whole lot as far as like diet and exercise because I was still 350 pounds on an oxygen tank. So I started learning things um, about psychology and uh, NLP, things along that nature. I started reading my Bible more and I started to, as more I educated my mind, the more I started to change. I started to realize how to gain self-confidence and self-esteem and the more I did that, the more I would get these little wins, I would call them like, you know, I, maybe I wouldn't eat a second helping of food that day or okay. I wouldn't smoke a cigarette for that hour because believe it or not, I was smoking cigarettes yeah. in that condition. And every little win I would, I say celebrate, I don't mean like go out and, you know, yeah. eat something or something. I would just be like, that felt really good. good. And that was a new feeling to me. Um, so that's kind of the whole basis of, of my teaching now is we have to celebrate our wins and we have to trust ourselves beyond anything else. And the only way we can do that is to be totally honest with ourselves and make a promise. If I make a promise to myself, I do everything in my power to keep that promise. And by doing that, I become the one person that will never let me down. So I know I can trust myself. So now I have self-confidence, self-esteem, and when you practice that on a daily basis, you can become unstoppable. It's amazing what you can accomplish. Great, great, great. I want us to talk about how you had started exercising and started losing weight. Because you're on the oxygen tank, you couldn't do anything, you couldn't move much. So no, I couldn't. Well, I started walking with just a little portable oxygen tank. Okay. I would walk a couple blocks after I would eat my dinner. Okay. And it, it started very slow. Very slow. It, it, and, you know, but it, it, by everything else I was doing, I was learning that I was being honest with myself. I was being true to myself. So I knew that, yeah, maybe I don't lose a pound this week, but I knew I was going in the right direction to do yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And so I would just hold on to that. I would hold on to the fact that I knew now, if I wasn't being true to myself, if I was saying, 
yeah, I'm working on it. Cause I'd had those instances too, where I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. And I really knew I wasn't, then I couldn't respect, expect results, but I got to a point where I had so many little wins that I knew like, okay, well I'm doing the right thing. And there was times I wouldn't even step on the scale for months. I just knew I was doing the right thing. And then I'd go to the doctor and the doctor would be like, wow, you're down 30 pounds or you're down 40 pounds. And, you know, this was just from doing little changes like exercising and pushing the plate away a little bit more and things along that nature. And, and again, the more this would happen, the more that boys I would get when I'd go to the doctor and he'd say, yeah, you're doing great. I'd hold that in my mind. That would be like a trophy for me. I'd be like, yeah, you know, and that would feed uh, more self-love, self-respect, self-esteem and, you know, self-confidence. So it just kind of snowballed, you know, I mean, it, it went from walking a block or two after dinner to, I mean, I, I, to where I'm at now, we're, we don't want to jump that far ahead, but it went from that to, you know, maybe six blocks, eight blocks to, I did something that most would consider a very foolhardy thing to do. And maybe it was, but I, I lost the oxygen tank without my doctor's uh, permission. Yes. Now, let me say, I don't recommend anybody do that. That's a very foolhardy thing to do. Yeah. But the human body is an amazing thing. I mean, God really knew what he was doing when he designed the human body. Yeah. We can adapt. We can uh, adjust. You know, I mean, yes, it was uncomfortable at first. I'd wheeze a lot. I would have a lot of problems. But I was kind of in a place in my life at that point where it was like, I I'm, I'm 40 some years old. I'm not going to live in an oxygen tank the rest of my life. Yeah. And, you know, but as amazing as the human body is, the human mind is w much more amazing than that. I mean, you you put your mind to something and you totally commit your mind and your heart to it, you can overcome anything. That's so true. That's yeah. So true. Did you get support from friends and family whilst you're on this journey? Um, <laughs> like some encouragement to keep going, you're getting there, things like that. Um, maybe some of my family, I, I was married at the time. Um, I had a wife. I, I, I don't, I don't want to badmouth anybody because, you know, that's just not a good way to live, but she said some pretty cruel and horrible things to me. Um, at one point I'd lost about 45 pounds and I was looking in the mirror and I, you know, I was just kind of saying, Hey, I'm doing all right. You know, this is good. Yeah. yeah. Starting to feel a lot of self-confidence and a lot of self-esteem. She came by and she was really nasty. She says, you know, you've lost just enough weight to be a regular fat guy. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, like, how could somebody do that? Why would anybody say that to somebody that's really trying so hard? Yeah. But, but I rolled all that up. You know what I mean? I used that. Um, I call it I call it push motivation when I talk to my clients now. But it's like you push yourself away from the nastiness and, and the bad comments you've heard. And you say, you know what? I'm never going to hear that again. Yeah. And you use that to motivate yourself. I found out though, that's not really good motivation because when you, when you, when you hold on to something that was negative in your life, yeah, eventually it's going to come back and bite you. It's going to cause you anxiety and depression. And so what I like to use is what I call pull motivation, yeah. where I look at how great my life has become by what I've done so far. Yeah. And I have real things to attach that motivation to now, you know? Yeah. 
Um, my life is so blessed right now. I mean, I, there's days I wake up, I go pinch myself. Is this really me? <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, but, but yeah, there was some really nasty comments and, and it's funny because it's really hard to, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to keep yourself self-esteem when you're dealing with something just so nasty and awful, yeah. you know? And that was, yeah. that was, uh, that was a big chunk of my life that I was trying to fight through that. But as you can see, I came out on top. So that's all that matters. That's what I attach it to now is that, yeah. you know, it's, it's I, a brilliant my, life is, yeah. my life is blessed and uh, I have a beautiful new wife that cherishes me and loves me. That's good. That's great. That's good news. Because I yeah. think that when you're going on a difficult journey, like the one you went through, you need all the support yeah. you can get. All the support. Absolutely. Yeah. You need all the support. So if people can give you the, the, that kind of support, then I'd, I'd rather say then they should just keep quiet and leave you to do yes. it on your own. Right. Right. Yeah. Because it, it kind of goes back to the same thing. You know, it's, you know, we, we hear so much chatter and so much clutter and bad information. And it's hard sometimes to block that out. You know, yeah. when you're the only one telling yourself that I'm good enough and I'm going to do it and, you know, I can conquer this. And then you have other people for whatever reason, yeah. they're telling you something different, yeah. you know, it causes a conflict and it causes it to be uncomfortable when you're trying to make a big change like that. It does. It so does. I think it's really important to surround yourself with people that are positive Exactly. Or as you said, if they can't be positive, it's like they say, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. Simple. It's as simple right. as that. Yeah. Right. What What will it take um, for someone to focus on changing their quality of life? Well, there's a lot of things, but the, the big thing I can say is I have a formula I use. I say, you know, be honest with yourself. You know, look where you're at right now and, and don't sugarcoat anything to yourself. Tell yourself, hey, you know what? I need to lose X amount of pounds or I need to quit smoking or maybe I just need to be a better person. Be honest with yourself. See where you need to go and then make little promises or little contracts. I like to call them with yourself. Like I'm going to do this today and I'm going to make, even if it's just a small step, I'm going to make that step. When I get to the finish line of that step, I'm going to relish in that. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to savor it because it's a win. And people that can do that, I think pretty soon, if you, if you practice that enough, the negative things, the, the things that you might have viewed as a failure before, they're going to kind of just dissipate. They're going to go away. Because, you know, I, I truly believe this now. Now, there was a time in my life I didn't always believe this, but I believe now that we don't have failures we either win or we learn, Yeah, you know? Wow. And, yeah. and if you look at a failure or what you would consider a failure is a learning experience. I know not to do that next time. Exactly. Then that just puts it in a whole new aspect. And I think that's how in life, if, if you look at things with a good aspect, you don't have to worry about all the garbage and the negativity that, that messes your life up. Exactly. Because we don't yeah. get anything from there. We, you know, it doesn't build us up in any way. So why focus on the negativity and all of that instead of right. the positive side of things? Great. Yeah. I, I don't know if you know, do you know um, uh, the NLP guy, Richard Bandler, Dr. Richard Bandler? Have you, have you ever heard of him? No, I've not. Well, he has a quote where he says, if he came into your home 
and he painted an ugly picture with ugly words or ugly, you know, something on your wall, what would you do? You, you'd, of course, you'd paint over it, right? You'd, yeah. You wouldn't leave it there. No, no. But see, a lot of people, and I think I was very guilty of this, we have those ugly pictures in our mind and we leave them there. Yeah. You know, then we, we yeah. visit them and we, we, I don't know, we just kind of look at them and yeah. it, it's destructive to us. It is. We need to get rid of it and we need to put positive things. Like I said, celebrate the wins, live in a state of gratitude. That's really important. Yeah. If you're living in gratitude, you can't see ugly and negativity. No. Yeah. And I think there is something about um, positive words and a positive attitude. What it does is, I think that the more of the positive things you feed yourself with, the more stronger you become inside. And it Absolutely. quickly fights off the negativity and then the negative bits on the side. So I think we should rather feed ourselves with more positive things, find ourselves in the more positive environment. Because when you realize that sometimes you may wake up um, with a very depressed attitude, or no, no, you may wake up not feeling cheerful. Let me rather say that. You may wake up not feeling cheerful. But right, when right. you keep thinking of it, today I don't look cheerful. Today I'm not myself. You keep saying that to yourself. You realize you get more of that. But when you're not feeling cheerful and then you say to yourself, I feel good, I feel strong, I feel I'm going to achieve more today. And then I, that I, is what happens. Absolutely. I have a story about that. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So when I was still a very heavy man, yeah. but I was I was aiming at where I am now. You know, yeah. I could see yeah. it. I believed yeah. it. I visualized yeah. it. I was in that bad, bad marriage. And this is really funny. I was talking to my wife, my new wife about this today. Yeah. I would wake up in the morning and and my ex-wife was a very mean spirited person. She would say mean things all the time. Yeah. I went and got a set of Bluetooth headphones. Yeah. Now I, I need you to picture this. I'm probably 350 pounds. Mm. I would wake up in the morning. I would put on my headphones. Yeah. I would put on some old eighties dance music. Okay. And I would dance in the kitchen to myself. Yeah. And it, it was the most ridiculous thing probably to look at, but yeah. just that 10, 20 minutes in the morning, listening to music and just snapping my fingers and yeah. doing whatever kind of dance a 350 pound man can do in the morning. It, it made me feel amazing. Yeah. It was like a whole new attitude adjustment. And I, I highly recommend that to anybody. If you're, if you think you're going to have a bad day, crank up the music and dance first thing in the morning, you'll change your whole vibe. It works. And I do that every work. morning. I do that every morning. Every do you morning. really? I do. Because it's it sets me up for the day and I found it to work. Because right. it, I know that that's why I use it in the morning. That when you wake up, you're not feeling good. The positive things. So I try to feed myself with positive things. So I play, I play a lot of gospel music in the morning. So as I'm dressing up, getting ready to take the children to school and all, I'm playing music. Yeah. So I just tell yeah. Google play that and Google is playing it. I'm singing along, I'm dancing and I'm doing all the things that I'm doing. Like my day has already been wonderful. Yeah. So then I see that my day is going just the way I, it has to go. And then I also see that all the things I lined up for the day, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. I'm able to accomplish all of them. And with right. ease, with ease too. So yeah. it really, really works. What you just said really, really, really works. Yeah, because you're what you're doing, there's a, there's a science behind it. You're changing your physiology. Yeah. Instead of getting up in the morning, you're feeling, oh, I'm feeling miserable, or oh, it's rainy, it's not nice outside. Yeah. You start snapping your fingers and shaking your booty a little bit, yeah. you're going to feel better. Yeah. Yeah. 
It got absolutely. works. It works. It, it works. That's, that's my key for the day. Everybody needs to try that tomorrow morning. I want to hear yeah. everybody trying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what would you say your biggest achievement of all times is? Um, my biggest achievement? Yeah. That's a very, 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 that's a tough question. I, I would like to give you a very vague answer. Okay. And say my life now, because I'm, I feel so blessed. You know, I'm closer to God than I've ever been. Yeah. Um, I have a beautiful wife. Like I said, that my relationship with her is amazing. Wow. Um, I'm not what you would call financially wealthy or independent or anything like that, but I'm happy. I live in gratitude every day. You know, I don't let things, the little things don't stress me out no more because I've learned how to conquer them. They, they come at me. Yeah, life comes at you. You know, you're going to get things. You're going to get a big high electric bill one month or you're going to get something that's, wow, I wasn't expecting that. Dance it off. You know, it's it, it, it's not going to, it's not going to kill you. You're going to be okay. You know, we always are. God always sees us through. So okay. I think living in a state of gratitude is is the biggest thing I could say is my biggest accomplishment because without it I wouldn't have any of the things I have wow that's brilliant that's brilliant I, yeah. I, mean, I think that the most important thing is to have peace of mind because you can have everything in the world yet not have peace and it's like you're not living your life to the fullest right so once you have peace of mind you are able to create every other thing else that you want and absolutely because if you're in conflict with yourself how are you going to focus on your goals? If, if you're constantly in conflict, like, you know, I'm not good enough or, you know, what if this happens or what if we could, what if ourselves to death, okay. you know, and, and half the time, the what ifs never turn into that happen. You know, they never do or half the time. I shouldn't say never, but most of the time, what ifs never turn into look what happened. Okay. So, you know, just living in peace. That's, that's amazing. That's, that's the best, thing you could do for yourself no matter what that looks like for each individual that's important just to be at peace with yourself and another thing i also agree with with you is the part that you said you've gotten closer to god and i think that for me as a personal experience uh, with god is the more closer you get to god the more lighter your burden becomes yes because then he takes the burden off you so things right. that you may still be experiencing the things you're experiencing, but when you compare it, at the time that you weren't closer to him, you were feeling the burden more than now that you're closer to him. So he makes it lighter and he makes it possible for you to go through easily and you don't feel it at all. So Right. And, and that's important. I mean, God, God even says he didn't put us here to worry. You know, we're, we're we have trust in him. If we have trust in him, we know it's all going to be okay regardless. Yeah. yeah, yeah and that's something yeah. I hold on to very dearly. You yeah. know, I know that he's always seen me through in the, in the past. And I know he's always going to see me through. That's so true. That's so true. If he's done it before, he will do it again. That's so true. Yes. Wow. Absolutely. This is a time of truth. So I'll be asking a few questions and then we get to know you more. What okay. is your favorite tourist site in the world? The Atlantic Ocean. What about your favorite time of all day? Is it the morning, afternoon, or evening? Sunset. Your favorite movie? Say Shawshank Redemption. Your favorite song? 
be happy. You know, I'm so happy. Oh, you know that one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good song. Great, great. Your favorite phrase? I got this. I got this. Finish these sentences. I wish. I wish I could give my kids the knowledge they need now instead of waiting until they're older to accept what I say to them. Good. Nothing in this world can. Detour me. Great. I pray. For my children and my grandchildren. Good. I will love to. Help as many people as I can. Good. I believe. I believe I can help anybody that comes to me for help. Wow. You know, just before we wrap up, I want you to throw this question in. So what, I know you now you're trans, a life transformation coach. What exactly do you do? So what I do is I take people that have problems similar to mine or similar to mine or just a goal they want to reach. Okay. And I don't necessarily aim them at that goal. I, I help them change themselves so they can reach that goal. Um, by talking to them, like a lot of overweight people have the same issues I had with the self-esteem and the self-confidence. That's my expertise is uh, overweight people. Instead of teaching them a diet plan or telling them, you know, let's go run 10 miles. We work on self-esteem, self-confidence and, and the little contracts I talked about in the celebrations of wins, mm -hmm. things along that nature. So what I usually ask people to do is when they want to reach out to me, because if, if I throw a phone number out there, yeah. they, my phone rings constantly and, and you get a lot of, yeah. you have to vet your calls. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. honestly, you'll get yeah. people that think they want to lose five pounds. So what I ask is people reach me at my website or my, my Gmail. Yeah. yeah. With a small bio of what their, you know, what their problem is and how I can help them. Exactly. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to give that out. Yeah, sure. You can. Yeah. Yeah. You can reach me at Jimmy Ronick. That's Jimmy, J-I-M-M-Y, R-O-E-N-I-C-K at gmail.com. And it doesn't cost anything to reach out to me. Just send me a bio of, you know, hey, this is what I need to do. Can you help me? I answer everybody that reaches out. So, you know, that would be amazing if, if I could help somebody, if, you know, in the UK or anybody listening. Exactly. That's great. That's great. Yeah. As we wrap up, what will your best advice be um, for people who think all hope is lost? It's not lost. It's not lost. Hope is never lost. Great. Great. There's always a step. There's always a step you can make towards hope, no matter how big or small. And the funny thing about taking a step is you take another step and another step, and pretty soon your little steps are giant steps. Yeah. So hope is never lost. That That's a phrase that I live by. Exactly. There's always hope. It's been a delight having you on podcast with Sheila Jimmy today. It's been a delight talking to you, Sheila. I really appreciate you putting me on. Thank you very much. If you've been listening in, this is season two, episode 34 of our podcast series, where we've been bringing your way seasoned guests with inspiring real life stories to share with us. Do not miss out on all these lovely experiences. Subscribe and be notified when a new episode is released. Whilst at it, please drop us a rating. We have a video presentation of this episode on our YouTube channel. Just search for podcast with Sheila on YouTube and you'll find us. Until we meet.